you are so you're still dry as fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> That's why I think you should use what's up because I don't know what to say. I could only be me. Hey there, Bree here, and welcome to We Do What We Want. So this episode's quote comes from a lady named Katherine Dunham. If you don't know who Katherine Dunham is, she is a choreographer and a dancer from the 1930s who happened to discover Eartha Kitt, like the Eartha Kitt. Her quote is, I wasn't concerned about the hardships because I always felt I was doing what I had to do, what I wanted to do, and what I was destined to do. This explains my next guest to a T. There are some people who, from the outside looking in, seem to have everything figured out. They just radiate the excellence that they are going to become. My sister is one of them. She has been dancing since as long as I can remember and never looked back. No matter what hardship, no matter how far it took her, no matter how broke she was going to be from an opportunity, she always took it. So I'm really happy for you guys to be able to hear her story. So let's join the conversation. So today I have with me my little sister, uh, Candace Perry. Hi, Candace. What's up? Oh, you are going. Candace currently is a maintenance choreographer at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Um, and as long as I've known her, which has obviously been her whole entire life, uh, she's been a dancer. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do at Disney? Yeah, so I work primarily at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And the role of a maintenance choreographer, we actually wear, like, at least six different hats. But we, in a general note, we maintain all of the choreography um, for non-equity and sometimes equity performers at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom and Disney World. So um, that includes we host auditions. So if you come in for an audition, we do the movement portion where the people in the room with casting, that's. Uh, teaching you the dance moves. We are also uh, around the park and we are watching shows to make sure that performers are maintaining the choreography that was set on them according to Disney standards. Basically anything with choreography, teaching people, um, observing shows and making sure they're in accordance to Disney standards, that's kind of what we do. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it is, yeah. So did you ever think that you would be working at Disney? Nope. I sure didn't. Um, I guess maybe I thought I would be working. There was a possibility that I thought I'd be working at Disney as a dancer, but I'm not a dancer at Disney. So I guess I never, like, foresaw this for my career, but it's a cool change, you know? I want to really talk about how you got started. Um, you've been dancing since we were kids, and um, I did dance for like 2.5 seconds, and then <laughs> I I did softball for the rest of my life. And our parents, um, both of them played softball or, or baseball, respectively, and 
they put us in softball immediately. And Candace was good. Um, you know, there was a period of time where I thought you might choose softball over dance and mm-hmm. made a decision and you went to dance and you went to, I'm sorry, a performing arts high school, then proceeded to audition into a performing arts program at George Mason. So can you tell me a little bit about like that process in general? Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, because you're my older sister, I have been dancing forever. Um, and I really never thought that I liked it that much <laughs> until like high school. Because, like, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, it's fun. Whatever. You make good friends. So I really didn't think I liked it, liked it until high school when I went to the Performing Arts Center at my high school. And I kind of, like, dove into, like, choreography. And um, I felt like it was, like, a good release for me just because, like, in high school, you're, like, learning and growing, obviously. And it's hard to deal with things. So I felt like dance was that outlet for me. And then I just felt like I was good at it. I felt like, okay, well, I'm really good at this, and I enjoy doing it. Do I think I'm going to do it forever? No. Am I, like, wasting all of my brain smarts on dance? I did think that in high school. I really did when I was applying to college. But I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought that I was wasting all the, like. I mean, you were smart. You were yeah. You were annoyingly smart because you wouldn't yeah, pass study. tense. <laughs> like, you, you would not study. You would goof off. Like I remember, I remember one particular. Well, just to bring it up, uh, Sunflow and Daisy. Like <laughs> you would go to school dressed up as a character, a dumb bohemian character, and have a drum at school and come up with all of this creative stuff. <laughs> And our parents didn't care. They thought it was hilarious. (laughs) And you would go to school, still manage to pass everything, and still manage to be a dumbass (laughs) on a regular basis. I didn't understand. Like, I didn't get it. But I didn't know that you ever felt that you you were wasting your smarts on dance. I definitely did think that. I was like, you know, because I really, I really liked, um, like biology and kinesiology and all that stuff. And I wanted to go to school, actually applied uh, to Mason because it was in-state, but also because I had an awesome dance program. And then because it had um, the double major that I thought I was going to do, which was athletic training. Because in high school, my senior, my junior year of high school, I um, interned with the athletic trainer um, at the school because I really, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I felt like I was wasting my book smarts on dance, but I was like, you know what, whatever. I really like to dance, so I'm going to just do it. And I figured I can only dance for a certain amount of time. I can always become an athletic trainer or even have it on the side of dance or dance on the side of athletic training. Anyway, when I got to Mason, I realized I couldn't do both because just it would it would just take up too much of my time because the the major at uh, George Mason is like a conservatory where they take up all your time basically. So um, your major was dance. 
Yep, I'm sorry. My major was dance, and I wanted another major in athletic training, but dance was like full-time, full-time. So I just dropped athletic training. And you did a minor in business, right? Yeah, yeah. That kind of came about randomly. I figured, you know, if I'm going to dance, I'm already not going to get paid that much, so I need to learn how to negotiate my pay. And then I also thought, uh, you know, if I decide to go into the business aspect of dance, I need to know how to run a business so that I can make money through dance. I took, I took business, and, it, and it, you know what? Business minor really did help me out. Okay, so I want to... So you went through the four years at Mason, finished in 14, and when you finished in 14, tell me how you managed to make it. Like, what is the next step for a dancer? Because I think the perception of dancers is you automatically are going to Broadway or you're going to L.A. to be in commercials or some or on some kind of show. So kind of tell me what it is that you did and how you found once you found your way for college? Well, the only reason that I, and I truly believe this, the only reason why I found my way after college is because I put in the work during college. I, like, I don't have many close friends from from college. I, like, I I ate dance, I breathed dance, I slept dance, and I worked really, really hard in school to, like, soak up everything that they were telling me and you know at Mason they have guest artists who are in the real world and dance who come and uh, set pieces on the company and I started like nailing those auditions to the point Mm -hmm. where I was you know in the front I was working really hard you know and I got cast for a lot of things and that really helped me so after school um, so in 2014, once I graduated, I actually just, um, my boyfriend at the time, he was, he was, he came down to Richmond for his cousin's wedding. And then I didn't have anything to do. I was just working a waitressing job. And I was like, mm, I can take off for a couple of days. And there was an audition in New York City where he lived, um, you know, like three days later. So I was like, oh, I'll just you know, ride up to New York with him, stay with him, and then do this audition, whatever. I really didn't think anything of it. Mind you, um, the company that was holding the audition was, you know, you would get a full-time contract, benefits, money, touring. That's all a dancer can really ask for. Like, that's, like, that's like <laughs> top of the line. Like, that's this is the high life. Like, I want to make it. This is it. So... so- I, yeah, I have a question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, when you when you talk about how you you found the you found the audition, you went to the audition. Like, how exactly did you find the audition? Were you scanning Were you scanning the internet just to see what was going on? Like, what like what did you do? Honestly, like God works in mysterious ways. I wasn't even looking for this audition. One of my the I think it was a secretary at the School of Dance at Mason messaged me and she's like, oh, you should go to this audition, blah, 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 blah. Like it was it was something like that, which is so random where they were like, oh yeah, this person's hosting an audition, go. So 
whatever. I was like, okay. I really just wanted to spend more time with my, with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think anything of this audition. And um, the company that was holding the audition actually came to Mason a year or two before I graduated. And I didn't even go to their master class that they taught at Mason. And I was free. I was free to go. I didn't even go because I didn't like, I really wasn't interested in that company at the time. So I didn't even go to the master class. So anyway, I go to this audition and I make it, I make it all the way through. Was this? Yeah, this was a two day audition. So I make it all the way through the first day. I was like, man, that's crazy. (laughs) 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 But it was like, you know, I'm working hard because hard work gets you places. So I just did my best because I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to chase after this. I knew I was going to move to New York city anyway, but it'd be better to move with a job. So I was like, cool. So I tried my best. And then, so I think that was on a Monday. And then on Wednesday were the callbacks. And I remember telling my boyfriend at the time, I was like, listen, once I get cut or if I get cut, we're going to the Bronx Zoo. I was like, because Wednesday is free Bronx Zoo Day, and I really want to go to the Bronx Zoo. So I was like, I was like, look out for my text, so I can you can tell me how to get back to the Bronx, and you can pick me up at the train, and we can go to the zoo. I'm like, I just like that, like that was my mentality for real, for real. And then, and then I I stayed the whole time. I didn't get cut. And, you know, I did the whole, the end of the audition was like partnering and I did the partnering with people. And then they said, you know, we'll contact you anyway. So the, the choreographer, the owner of the company, the artistic director, he came up to me. He was like, you know, I saw that you're from George Mason. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, did you come to our master class? I was like, ah, oh, I had to work. <laughs> oh, that's. I want to call you out, but I'm not going to. Listen, I felt in that moment that he needed to hear what what was appropriate, and I didn't want to lie completely. You sound you you know who you sound like, right? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> our dad. Yes, I couldn't. In that moment, I was like, job, 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 full time, <laughs> New York City. Say whatever you got to say. Didn't want to lie completely. I really don't know if I had to work, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. So I just said what I needed to say to to paint a great face. I'm going to be whatever you want me to be because I want this job. <laughs> so, but anyway, after that, I went back to uh, Richmond. and. Did you ever make it to the zoo? No, I didn't make it to the Bronx Zoo. But I left no. on Thursday from New York, went back to Richmond, waitressing and stuff like that and I'm waiting for a call because they said they're going to call people but they're only looking for one to two females and maybe two guys I was like crap like my and there I think there was like maybe five of us five girls and maybe like four guys by the end so uh, my chances weren't amazing so anyway um I'm waitressing and I get this phone call while I'm seating a table, and I just left the table. I was like, well, y'all going to have to spend for yourselves for a minute. Look at the menu. Here's some water. And I left. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. I got a, I got a voicemail. 
and I go to the bathroom and I listen to the voicemail and it's from the choreographer, the artistic director saying that he would like to offer me an apprenticeship with the company. I was like, ooh, I'm out. (laughs) Did you quit that day? I told him I wasn't going to be returning, yes. So you went to New York, you went to this company, and when you got there, just do straight dancing. You actually had another job because money was, I mean, you're moving to New York. So at the end of the day, unless you're, I don't know, on Broadway as a main cast member, you're usually working a second job, right? Yeah. So I got to New York and an apprenticeship doesn't, doesn't pay as much as a, um, excuse me, as much as a full-time company member, even though we're full-time, we don't get paid as full-time company members. So I think the pay back then in 2014 through 2015, we, we were getting paid 600, which was, which was not bad, 600 a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, In New York, that's hard because, you know, like you're working around 36 hours a week, if not 40, probably like 36 hours a week. And you're getting paid $600 a month. So I had two other jobs. I was an usher at um, at Symphony Space. And then I was a, what else I do? Uh, oh, I was a um, like an RA at an international school for, I'm sorry, an English school for international students. That was really <laughs> random. But anyway... Yeah. So I I would go to dance class in the morning. It was either technique class, um, ballet, or modern technique class. And then I would go rehearse from uh, 12 to 6. And then from like 7.15 to 10.15, I would work at the international school. And then on uh, weekends, I would work at the, the, what's it called, the symphony space, the theater. So I would work there. So I worked three jobs, and I, you know, I paid my rent, and I was great. I was a little broke. It was, like, the hardest year of my life, not going to lie. It was just difficult. Because you come from a house where you don't have to pay for anything or there's a roof over your head. Yeah, and you know what? And that's hard, but it wasn't even that. The reason why, why it was so hard was because I had to juggle so many things and be so many things to other people and be able to balance myself. Mm-hmm. And and it's not even like paying for things was hard. Yes, that was new to me, but like, you know, I was balancing so many different things and I just was exhausted. The whole year I was exhausted. It was it was just tough. Like New York is tough. That first year was really hard. So I know there were some good parts like working with that company because you got to travel. So where did you go? Like, what was the most exciting place that you got to go to while you were with this company? Yeah, so this company was led by somebody who is actually an international person. Like, he was not born in America. So we had ties to um, places in Europe, which was really, really awesome. So I wasn't even scheduled to go with the company, but one of the full-time company members injured her foot the point where she couldn't perform so as the only apprentice female apprentice I took her spot and um, we went to France couple couple places in France 
we went to Italy and we went to Luxembourg and I had never been I had never been out of you know America so that was really really cool to me you know it was really cool to travel and you know see different cultures and try different foods and you know just just see fresh things that company you how long did you work with them one year and then where did you go next after that, I went into my full-time job of babysitting, catering, and gigging. The blessing in all this is that um, for that full year after college, I was I was maintaining my training. So I was training full-time, even though I wasn't being paid full-time. So you know, I still had it. Like my my, I was I was at a high level of performance because I was with this company who was at a high level of performance. And then, <clears throat> thank goodness, my my uh, friend from Richmond, he came up to New York and started choreographing, and I was able to maintain all the technique and training that I had developed since college through that company and now with my friend. So I was still dancing, like, a lot, which was awesome. And then I auditioned for a couple cruise ships because I was actually pretty miserable with this modern dance company. I was not happy and I didn't know if I wanted to dance any longer because it just wasn't bringing me any type of joy. So I was like, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and just give it one last shot mm-hmm. and I'm going to just audition for these things. If I don't get a call back, then I'll keep dancing on the side, but I don't want to chase after it. But what made you choose a cruise, and what, like, like once again, where did you find this? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There, There's a lot of, like, um, New York City casting sites. Like, there's Dance NYC and Backstage.com. There's another one I'm forgetting. But, you know, they just host so many auditions on there. So it's, I mean, and nowadays you can just follow them on social media, and they'll they'll say where they're going to be for, you know, audition tours and stuff like that. So it's easy to find it. I didn't really think I ever wanted to dance on a cruise ship because I thought cruise ship dancers were cheesy. Um, And I don't like cheese. So I was like, I don't really know about this. But I went to audition and I had fun. It was like jazz. It was like the stuff I did in high school at Encore Studio. It was like jazz yeah. fun jazz it makes you feel good I was like "Ooh, this is fun I'm just gonna have fun at the audition and see what comes from it and because you had fun you ended up getting it and then went off for another year mm-hmm. and then came back and did it again but as a captain yep I was a dance captain for Royal Caribbean after I was just a regular dancer and aerialist for Holland America yeah so that that was really cool. So where did you go with that, with those cruises? So with Holland America, we started out in uh, Australia, and we I was on the MS Nordam. So we started out in Australia and cruised Australia and New Zealand for a while. Then we uh, then after that we went to uh we went to Canada and Alaska for the rest of the cruise. So those were our main ports was like Sydney, Australia, um uh I can't remember the port in New Zealand, but New Zealand 
and then we did uh you know Tasmania which was down there as well and then we crossed over and went to uh Alaska and New Zealand I'm sorry Alaska and Canada like Victoria Canada over there and that was the that was the Holland America one what about Royal like I remember Royal I think you guys went more places like you went to Japan and things like that. Yeah, Royal's itinerary was much better. Um, we went to, we started out in China, and we did China and Japan for a long time, and then we did Australia and New Zealand. They call it like a crossing, so when you're at uh, Australia and New Zealand, or if you're at China and Japan, you do a crossing down to Australia and New Zealand. So you're in China, Japan, you hit up Vietnam and Thailand, and you know, you go to a little um, island, what was that, uh, uh, Papua New Guinea, that's what it's called, it's mm -hmm. a mystery island place, and you keep going down until you reach Australia, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was really cool. I really saw some places I never thought I'd see. So that 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 was a really cool itinerary with you guys being cast members, you guys were still able to explore the places that you guys went to? Yeah, so as soon as, yes, as soon as the majority of the guests are off the ship, the crew are able to get off the ship. And you just have to be back if it's a, a port day or it's, it's like the start of a new cruise. You just have to be back in time to do um, passenger emergency drill. And then, um, you know, every other port during that cruise, you're able just to get off and explore the ship, and you just need to be back in time to do your work. So for us, we, we didn't perform until we didn't have a call time of maybe 6 p.m. because we had shows at, like, 7.30 and 9. So you didn't really have to be back on the ship until uh, 5.30, for instance. Okay. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. You get off in the morning, you explore, you do things, and then you have to be back to work as a so, dancer. So hands down, the coolest place that you've been able to travel with dance? Mm, coolest place. <clears throat> uh, Th Thailand was pretty cool. I guess the other coolest place where I had, like, I have really fond memories is Mystery Island. Okay. And that's that's Papua New Guinea, and mm -hmm. they have these beautiful black people, Brianna. They're like our our skin tone, so like they're they're these beautiful black people, and they're like from caramel caramel tone all the way to dark skin, and they have blonde hair. Oh yeah, I've I've actually heard about them. I've obviously I've only seen them by picture, but you were able to see them in person and meet them. Yeah, they they have like this blonde curly hair, like afro curly hair, and they're so beautiful. And you're like, oh my god, like where did you come from? Like you are gorgeous. Yeah, I think those are the coolest places I've been. How did you get to? How did you end up where you are now? So how did you end up at Disney? Talk about that. Um, I honestly just think that you know timing of everything is really important and like you know it's one of those things where a door closed and Disney said they were hiring and I was looking for jobs actually daddy daddy found this job to me oh look at that I'm mm -hmm. not surprised I know right 
So anyway, he found this job for me, and I just applied, and I got it. You know, it was it was really like a shot in the dark. I really didn't think I was going to get it at all. What was the audition process? So the audition process was kind of it, – it was hard, not kind of hard. It was hard. So, um, you know, they, they put out this this whole search for maintenance choreographer. You have to have, I think it was – five years of teaching experience and, excuse me, three years of professional performing experience. Um, Of course, this is all related to dance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first of all, the the first step, they just asked for you to send your resume. I sent that and they liked it. And then the second step was they sent one of their people doing choreography to a certain song. And you had to learn the choreography off the video, record yourself doing the choreography to that song, and also record yourself doing the choreography while counting. Um, Basically, they just want to see how you vocalize the rhythm and the counting of the music and the choreography, and then how you perform it. They want to make sure you can still, like, lift your leg. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so then I sent that in, and <clears throat> around the second step of this audition, I had been offered a job to teach full-time in Northern Virginia, and it just something in my gut was like, I don't know if this is the right move for you. Mm-hmm. So I declined it. Although Northern Virginia would have made you closer to me. But. Well, yeah, I know. I was going to be closer to you, Mommy, everybody. And I declined the job. It's okay. I'm okay with being at Disney. I'm okay with spending Thanksgiving there. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited for you all the time. I want to kind of pivot now that we've we've gotten how you got to where you got to. Like, what what made you so comfortable or so bold to just do dance? Like, what drove you to do that? Mm, well, one, I was good at it. I felt like I was good at it. And the second thing, I enjoyed it. So I feel like if you really like to do something and people say you're good at it or you kind of think you're good at it, I think you should just do it. Trust and, yourself. Yeah, you got to trust yourself. So, like, for instance, with the dance, I felt like I had the talent to try. I had the talent to try at it professionally. I didn't know if I was going to succeed or not, but I just felt like, you know, I I really like this and I'm going to train at it, college, I'm going to train and see how far I can go. And then I'm just going to do it because I really enjoy it. So what was, what was the point where you, like, where you realized that you were, like, you were good at it? I think it was around middle school maybe, but I I just, I just really enjoyed it. I liked all aspects of it, choreography, dancing, um, looking at choreography, and, like, still now to this day I hear a song and, like, my thoughts are, like, there's, like, dancers in my head doing choreography. It's fierce. It is fierce, but, like, yeah, like, I my thoughts are in dance, too. Yeah, and, like, I really like the artistry of dance. Like, I like that you can make a business out of it. I like that. It helps you get, go through things, and it helps you make peace with things. 
I love that I feel like there's a type of dance for everybody. I love that everybody dances, even if they're not good at it. I love that aspect of it. It just, it's like there's so much beauty in it. And also, I think I think the reason why I love dance so much is because I love music. You know, like mommy and daddy, they've they used to always play music in the house. Yeah, like I there was nothing like coming home from church and then being outside the rest of the day listening to oldies, like or just mm-hmm. listening to music in general. Like that was always that's one of my fondest memories of being at home was just Sunday afternoons listening to music right or like you know when you have to clean the whole you know we have the intercom or whatever (laughs) music would be playing or you know in in daddy's truck with mommy and daddy and music would be playing and they'd be like who sings this yeah so your love for music translated into a love for dance and that's what you're doing yeah I think I think my first love was definitely music, which exactly what you said translated into dance for me. But now I'm teach I'm teaching more so than I am dancing. So I still have to find a balance because I'm young and I can still bust a move. So I still have to find that, that balance because as much as I love my paycheck, I also need to feed my soul and my artistry, which is through dance. So I have to figure I have to figure out that that part for myself. So what's your what's your end goal? I mean, I know for I don't know if people know, but like most dancers, there's a cap unintentionally put on people about how long you could dance. There's been the Debbie Allens of the world and everybody who's actually performing a little bit longer than what is expected. So what's your mm-hmm. what's your next what's your next move? Um I would love to someday like tour in a musical. That would be awesome. Um, but I really want to have my own school of dance. Um, and I want to have a company, like a professional dancing company out of that school. Kind of like what Bosoma was. Okay. Which was a company I was in in Massachusetts. But um yeah, I, I want to still perform. I do. And I don't I don't think that's on a cruise ship. And I don't think I'm like a backup dancer type of dancer. But I would love to still perform. So, so I have... if I can get a performance gig, then that pays well. Then I'll take it. We didn't really talk on race. I know that... For most of my childhood with you, um, you know, you were the, just like I was the only black girl involved in softball, you were the only black girl involved in dance in your studio for a while. And then you would have, like, younger people under you. I know Taylor was under you at one point. And, like, how did that affect you? Did it drive you in any different way? Hmm. I think there is a good part of being the only person the only black person and a bad part of being the only black person so the good part is that you stick out more so if you're good you're going to stick out more if you're bad you're going to stick out more mm-hmm. so you might as well be good <laughs> you know what I mean 
And then uh, the bad part is that you don't see yourself represented in the dream that you want. So that that really sucks. Um, for me, because I chose dance, dance is kind of very um, inclusive mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. You know, they're they're always trying to have at least one black person in a cast. Is that so, inclusive? Excuse me? Is that inclusive? Not really. But, like, I mean, like, through dance, like, for instance, uh, like, I think, I think music is inclusive. That's why dance is inclusive, because it doesn't matter if you're black. If, you're, if you have the talent, you have the talent. That's how it normally is for dance. Now, if you're trying to play, uh, what's her name? Tracy Turnblad for Hairspray, and you black, <laughs> you ain't going to get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's all it's all depending. But if, you, if you're trying to play, um, you know, Mama, or, or I'm thinking like Mama from Chicago, or you're trying to be in the color purple, hey, you got a shot. So it all just depends. So anyway, um, it, it does suck being the only only black person because you feel like you have the whole weight of black people on your shoulders. Like the way that you react is the way that black all black people react. You know, mm-hmm. and the the way that you uh, pick up on choreography is indicative to the African American race. Like it's it's just a lot of pressure and. Yeah. It's annoying. It's stupid. It's so annoying because they're like, I'm just trying to be me. Like, I, I didn't ask for this color. Um, this is just what it is. But mm-hmm. you do feel a lot of pressure. Um, of, you feel a lot of pressure because you have to fit in. You don't have to fit in, but you know what I mean? Like, you want to fit, you in, want to fit in. Yeah. Because you want your experience to be as valued as the next person. Right, and and sometimes not fitting in is a great thing, and sometimes not fitting in really does hurt you. So, you know, I'm in in growing up in dance, I had to wear suntan tights. Yeah. Do I look like a fucking suntan to you? I am. I am. I'm. I'm brown. Like I'm not suntan, and I have to wear, you know, tan ballet shoes, and I'm not. I'm not your tan. Mhm. So it's annoying or flesh tone leotard so that, you know, it doesn't show like, you know, flesh colored leotard. I feel like you missed that. You literally just missed that cusp. Like, I feel like when you started, everything was like, it was so hard to find brown colored tights, brown ballet shoes, brown. But I feel like once you got to high school, I think you did have a pair of brown. It was either high school or college. You had a brown, a pair of brown ballet shoes, I think, as you started getting yeah. older. Um, but I think you missed that. Unfortunately, it wasn't something that was very popular as as when you were a kid. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it it wasn't until I was dancing for Holland America. They were sizing us for um, show bras, and they were like, oh, we're going we're gonna to order you a bra. I was like, okay, cool. They were like, well, they have to be flesh colored. And I was, you know, I'm just ready to say, okay, I'll just take whatever is the darkest shade of the flesh colored bra. And they mm-hmm. were like, oh, no, there's, there's, a, there's a chocolate one. I was like, 
and that was the that was the first time that I've ever felt included as a brown person through dance, and that was in 2015 or 2016. And I've been dancing since 97. Yeah, that's a long time. So you know, it's just you know, as black people, we we what's that word? Persevere. We persevere. We're resilient. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we're still here. You know, these are conversations that no white person throughout my whole years at Encore Studio probably had to think about or even thought I was thinking about, but it's my experience. Thank you, Candice, for joining me. Um, I think this is a good place to end it. Um, (laughs) I said this for the end of my interview with Disney mm-hmm. um, I really love Mexican food I love beaches and I love boxers and I'm really grateful to have this experience with you Brianna oh you are corny as fuck and I want to call out <laughs> oh god oh wasn't that great <laughs> <laughs> oh I can't oh. take all of it's true. All of it's true. Soak it in. <laughs> I literally, you are a piece of work. <laughs> Very disgusting. Um, uh, all right. Well, thanks again. You're welcome.